Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello and welcome to No More Mondays. As always, I am your host, Angie Callen. Let go. The pink slip laid off. It's a scary reality many of us face at one point or another in our professional career. And with big tech making a lot of headlines lately for large cuts, I felt like we were at prime time to really face this topic head on, which is why I am very excited to introduce you to Kevin Dawson. Not only is Kevin a corporate culture expert who helps organizations build successful workplaces, he's also faced his fair share of career crossroads, including being laid off twice. What drew me to Kevin was his perspective that every single time that rug got pulled out from under him, it ended up slingshotting him towards something better. He's living proof that we can make our mess our message and has become a highly sought after speaker, consultant. He was in a reality TV show. He's a podcast host and a founder. He's doing all kinds of great things despite these challenges. And I am so glad he's willing to come here, be vulnerable and share his story and build your confidence that there is life after a layoff. I hope you all help me welcome to the show, Kevin Dawson. Thanks, Angie. I'm excited to uh, talk about all these things today. I am too. And I'm, I was I was glad that you were willing to just kind of like break all of this down because in, in the career coaching space, I've definitely had those crisis moments with clients that they just think the world is ending and, you know, everything is going to crumble below them because of a layoff. And we've definitely seen a lot of headlines and I'm I'm really having to like, curb the narrative around what those layoffs and everything mean and what's counteracting them and really just get down to the heart of, you know, how a lot of times these can be huge blessings like we were talking about before. So if you're willing, I would love to just kind of walk through your your kind of personal professional history, talk about the changes that, that you faced and it kind of explain to people, give people hope about how they ended up slingshotting you into that something better. You game? I am game. Let's do it. Awesome. So one of the things you mentioned to me when we kind of first interacted was that your story actually begins in high school and you had an appointment to go to the Air Force Academy and something really unexpected happened. So tell everybody about that. Yeah. So growing up, you know, I always wanted to to pursue a career in the military. I wanted to be a fighter pilot and more than anything, I wanted to be the commander and leader of the Air Force Thunderbirds. That was my my dream job. And so everything I was doing growing up was pointed in that direction. You know, I was a Boy Scout, became an Eagle Scout. I was involved in ROTC and was being mentored by military officers and and doing everything that I could to get there. And, um, yeah, I'm going through the process uh, to apply for the Air Force Academy, which is not like your typical um, college application experience. It's it's, you know, very intensive. And getting ready to approach my senior year, my high school girlfriend comes up to me and she goes, hey, by the way, um, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, I am. And that that's a scary feeling um, at 17. And, you know, all of a sudden everything just feels like it just slows down, comes crashing down. And, you know, I didn't know what to do at that point. I'm like, uh, this is about to 
derail everything that I had been working towards. And so sure enough, December of my senior year, so as we finished the fall semester, I get a, a letter saying, hey, you've been appointed to the Air Force Academy, but my son is not here yet. And he's, he wasn't born until February. And I remember making the call to our congressman who wrote the letter and I said, I, I can't go. Um, I'm sorry, I've got to turn this down. You know, I finished my senior year and I, I, you know, everything that I worked towards, I'm like, I've got to, I've now pivot. So now what's plan B? So plan B was going to go um, to, to school and I uh, had enrolled at Texas Tech University and they have an Air Force ROTC program. So I was going to go pursue that. But I was traveling back and forth between Lubbock and my hometown, which is about 120 miles apart. And so every weekend I would come home uh, and take care of my son. Um, his mom and I, you know, we, we didn't ever get married. So we're just going back and forth. And that started to take a toll on me. It's like, okay, this is going to be too much. I need to be more involved with my son. I can't just get up and walk away just for selfish reasons. So I, I, I shifted again. <laughs> so now I'm playing C. Um, and I come home and there is a aerospace program uh, at, at the university in my hometown. And so I start following that route and graduate uh, with a degree in aerospace science and was going to have a fast track uh, to work for the airlines. Well, the same year I graduated with that program, Congress passed a law that changed the minimum hours for airlines to hire pilots. And I needed another thousand hours to get to the airline industry from where I was at. I'm like, great. This is like Everything seems to get in the way. The universe is trying to tell you, Kevin, you're not meant to be in aviation, maybe. <sighs> you know, it, which is weird because that's all I ever knew at that point. And um, so I, I pivot again. And so I'm on plan D and I go back to school and um, get my degree in organizational management and saying, OK, you know, if I can't fly, I'm going to go learn how to you know, run one of these aviation businesses. And so I pivot and while I'm going to school, I'm working for a company uh, here in West Texas where I'm from, uh, which is heavily involved in oil and gas industry. So I'm working for an oil and gas firm and 2016 uh, comes around and things start to, to slow down in the oil field and I get laid off the first time. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, great. I call my dad. I'm like, I got laid off today. I don't know what to, you know, what to do. And he's like, Hey, why don't you come work for me? He works in insurance and I, I get into insurance. And along the way, as I'm working with these employer groups, uh, I start to learn that the insurance tools that, that we were providing didn't solve all the issues that they were looking for. And so it, it, as I was trying to peel back, well, what are these issues? Like talk, talk to me what the struggles are. And I started to learn a little bit about, you know, employee engagement and leadership development and, and organizational culture. I'm like, well, these are all things that I learned as I was pursuing this career towards the Air Force. Like these are some of the same same things that they're dealing with and, and trying to train better leaders and build great culture and keep engagement. And so I started to pivot a little bit into that direction of, well, I, let me help you here. And so as I was doing those things, I was gaining a lot of experience and and a lot of employers were starting to reach out and say, Hey, can you help us too? You know, I'm like, okay, great. I, you know, I don't have credentials. I don't have a master's or a doctorate in these things, but people thought, you know, and felt like, Oh, you, you, you know, something here. You're a little, you're, you're showing that you have some expertise in these fields. And so I'm starting to get more of those. And I, and, but at the same time, the company I was working for, we had a senior VP of, 
um, our region who was one of the largest regions for that company. And he comes and tells me, hey, all these speaking engagements, all these extra projects you're doing, that's not what we hired you to do. Like you don't have the background, you don't have the credentials. And so you need, you need to stop doing that. That's short-sighted leadership right there. No offense to anybody. <laughs> it was very short. I mean, it pissed me off. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't believe in me. Like I'm bringing re new revenue in and new opportunities for us to continue to grow. If that isn't, if that isn't a case study and exactly why they needed you to be doing exactly what you were doing, I don't know kind of what else is. Yeah. It, it just, and, and I remember I was, I, I was sitting in a, parking lot for Holiday Inn Express in the town of Schulenburg, Texas, which is halfway between Houston and San Antonio. And, and I was, and well, funny enough, I was getting ready to go speak for a small personnel services association in this town that they, hey, we want to pay you to come here. And this was my first paid speaking opportunity. So I go and present and, and I remember getting ready to drive back because it's an eight hour drive from Schulenburg back to my hometown. Texas is big if nobody's been here. I would say Texas is big and you're kind of in the middle of nowhere of it right now in yeah. this hotel between Houston and San Antonio. And I've got an eight hour drive back to, to, to think about this crappy conversation. And I remember I called my dad and I was just like, look, this is what was said. And I'm a little frustrated by it. And he's like, you know, you've got some time to think. So I'm driving back and trying to figure out, like, man, what do I do? I remember, I mean, I was still fuming over that. I walked in the office the next day. It's Friday. And I told my dad, I said, I don't think I want to keep doing this <laughs> like this. If this is what I'm going to get the pushback on, I don't want to be here, you know, because I've, I've found these issues and people are reaching out to me to help solve these issues. Like that's neat where I need to, to focus my direction. So as I'm trying to figure things out, and this is, you know, middle of 2019, um, I start getting the idea of, of launching a podcast. I was like, well, you know what? I, I want to continue to expand my influence and create some thought leadership content. Uh, just because if, if the company I'm working for is not going to let me do it, then I'm going to do it on my own somehow. And so that was the launch uh, in 2019 of, of the Leaders and Loggers podcast, uh, where I was just sharing you know, my thoughts on leadership as I was learning and the, the issues that, that came around. And then I started interviewing people. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it took some time to kind of grow that and I'm just kind of moving along. And then, you know, March, 2020 happens and we all go, you know, all right, go, go stay home for two weeks. And, and two weeks never ended. Turned <laughs> into three years. And, uh, are, and we, are we, are we not at home yet anymore? Yeah. I don't even know what year. It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we're, as we're, we're moving in that direction, my podcast and, and my voice in this sector is starting to, to gain some more influence. And I, I remember it to this day. It was um, a Thursday, late, the last Thursday of April. I get a phone call um, from someone um, who had connected with me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I came across your podcast. I want to talk to you about um, what you're doing and, and some things. I'm like, Great, love that you're the first person that I've never met who just called me out of the blue and said, Hey, we want to talk to you about, about these things. I'm like, That's kind of cool. And uh, so I take this phone. We spend 90 minutes talking about just all the things that I wanted to do to develop you know, programs and, and really help employers and leaders become better, you know, to not have to deal with all the BS that, that I've had to deal with. And, and I see other people dealing with and uh, they're like, well, Hey, we want to help coach you uh, in some of these things. I'm like, great. I've never had a business coach. I've never had anybody work with me on these things. And, uh, and I knew I was going to have to make some investment into it. And I, so I, I call a friend of mine who had a coach and I'm like, okay, 
tell me the pros and cons here. Like, is it, is it important to have, you know, a coach? Like, what do you, what do you get at it? What's, what do you, what's your experience been like? And he goes, look, if nothing else, if after three months of working with them, if you've learned some new skills, you've improved on your own personal development, it's worth the investment, even if your business doesn't go anywhere. It's good for your own personal development. So view it as a personal development tool, not necessarily a business development tool. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, also, I'm paying $24,000 a year. You're paying three grand. Shut up and pay them. <laughs> that was his comment to me. I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough point. Uh, and I called them back and said, okay, I'm in. And that was May, Friday, May 1st of 2020. Monday, May 4th, I get a phone call from our team lead and our regional HR person's on the call. I'm like, and you know exactly what's about to come. And he goes, Hey, you know, we're, we're letting you go today. We're, we're doing a round of layoffs and unfortunately we're, we're letting you go. And I'm just sitting there like, you know what? <sighs> While it sucks to kind of hear that, like that you don't want me peace. See you later. And I was like, you know, I don't have these handcuffs anymore that are telling me you can't go do the things that I wanted to do and continue to work with the people that I wanted to work with and solve the issues that I wanted to solve. It's like, there's some freedom here. Like, this is fantastic. Well, and I'm going to jump in because that's the, that's almost like your punchline, right? That's where everything really started to turn. And I'm sure after several, it's like each time a blow comes, you become a little bit more conditioned and have a thicker skin to the next blow. And so in this moment, you're able to really realize in in real time, I'm guessing more so than in the past, the opportunity that now presented itself because you didn't have those handcuffs, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've learned a lot of resiliency over the years. <laughs> I've had a lot of things come my way. But at this point, I'm like, okay, you know what? This isn't the worst thing that's happened. And, and as I you know, viewed that day, May 4th, to me, and I tell people all the time, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was getting laid off. Are there any Star Wars fans going out there going, well, May the 4th, it was with you. Yes, it was. It was, <laughs> yeah, May, you know, it's funny because I was like, yeah, it's Star Wars Day. And, and my wife, her birthday is, is May 4th as well. You know, at the time I, I had met my wife um, or we, we weren't dating at that point in time. But, um, but yeah, May 4th is a huge, a huge event for, for you know, it's the anniversary of freedom. <laughs> this is, this is my Independence Day is, is May 4th, not July 4th. I, I called my business coach and said, hey. I just got laid off. So now I've got to jump in with both feet running. Like I don't have anything holding me back. So I'm like, let's go, let's do this. And so I start kind of working with them to kind of flesh out, okay, how do I make all these things into a business and to, to be a consultant and to have a business strategy and plan and all, all the things. Cause I'm great at vision. I am horrible at execution. <laughs> I, I, I like the, I, need somebody in my life that's like, let me do the details because I don't do details. <laughs> and uh, so they kind of help kind of figure out some of those things for me along the way. But what, but I, what I watched happen over that three months that I worked with them, my podcast went from about 500 weekly listeners to by the end of the summer, I was getting about 5,000 weekly listeners. I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> well, and this is what this is what can happen when it's a lot of times what I'll tell people is like you kind of you sometimes you need to be pushed off a precipice and 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 given and and with entrepreneurial endeavors, I find when you have no plan B. I mean, at this point, though, Kevin, you're like plan. You're like two thirds the way through the alphabet on your plans. But 
I find when you have no plan B and your back's up against the wall and you have no choice but to make it work, really amazing outcomes happen because you just channel 120% of your energy there instead of like 90% because you're 10% still, you know, in whatever the plan B is. And this is a kind of, I would say, living, breathing example of how when you get pushed off that precipice and you channel all that energy towards something, really big things can happen. And this is why that layoff became such a big blessing. Absolutely. You know, it, and, and you're right to, to people's, you know, who were like, hey, I want to dive in, but I'm afraid I need that safety net. The safety net's going to hold you back the whole time. It's until you're ready to cut and run, like you have to just go head first. Well, and I'm and I think that that's a great advice. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is I I would love for you to give even some more advice, because very specifically, this blessing had to do with like moving into entrepreneurship. But you had gone through a layoff where then another employment experience came after it. You know, you had the 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 kind of like complete redirects early on at a young age when the like I would say the mental maturity is a lot different to be able to handle those big hits. But in in each of those kind of like big rug pulled out from under you situations, you had to kind of build skills. Resiliency is the perfect, perfect word. And so I would love for you to give everybody out there a little bit of advice. Like maybe somebody's just gotten laid off. Maybe they, they're a little scared. They're fearing a layoff. Maybe they've got a side hustle they'd love to, d- to dive into. There's something happening around that whole job security piece. Like how can they put themselves in a good position? What advice do you have for them? So where I typically tell people the first thing you have to do, you have to have clarity in whatever your purpose is going to be. A lot of people struggle with defining their purpose. They can define their passion, but passion doesn't necessarily translate to purpose. For example, I am very passionate about aviation still, very passionate about craft beer. I'm very passionate about my wife but those don't necessarily translate to what my purpose is. Now your purpose will have passion, but not necessarily is your passion, your purpose. Moment of silence to digest what, what Kevin just said, because the addition, or I would say kind of like reframing of that, I'll say is that we've heard for a lot of our lives. Oh, go find something you're passionate about it and do it. And you'll never work a day in your life. (laughs) Like, can I just be real about it? Because most of the things we're passionate about aren't really well monetized unless you're Picasso. And I don't even think he made money until after he died. Right. Because those things that are passionate about are typically tend to be less lucrative. However, if you can channel that into, therefore, how can I use this passion and create a purpose out of it or use it to uh, to enhance or it's it's one element of how I, I carry out my purpose now things get a little bit more kind of realistic. So in, for instance, for you, you have a podcast talking about craft beer in conjunction with the professional landscape. It's an element of your passion coming into your purpose. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, really f- being able to define that, that clarity, getting, getting so clear that you can say, you know, it, it's that elevator pitch mentality. Like yeah. if you can't, you know, describe what it is that you do within 30 seconds, nobody's going to, you're going to, people are going to be like confused. Well, what, what, what do you do? Like you need to be that precise. And, and that only comes when you have clarity and, and a lot of people. And I think for me along the way, I didn't, I had, you know, this big vision, but I didn't have clarity. 
I had an idea, but, but nothing concrete. And so the closer I got to defining my purpose and getting more and more clear, that helped really give me that laser focus to say, this is what I want to do. And I think a lot of times people just, you know, they have great ideas, they have great intentions and it's, you know, like driving on a 10 lane highway. You've got all these lanes, but if you're bouncing around, you're wasting way too much time, effort, energy. You just need to be in one lane. Yeah. And statistically speaking, it's proven you don't get anywhere faster if you continually shift lanes, but don't tell that I to my that wife. You, I, I know. I was, I was just sitting here thinking, don't tell, or can we go tell Jim that? But um, I think that this translates, here comes an, an Angie broken record moment. I tell people all the time that lack of clarity in a job search specifically is more detrimental than a bad resume. But I think that rolls up to a bigger picture of like having some sort of wayfinding point or compass point for what you're trying to do in your career and life and understanding what you want that to look like, because then you can design everything around that and you have checks and balances to evaluate different opportunities and how they do or don't align with whatever that kind of clarity of of purpose is. And while it seems a little woo-woo, I actually think it has a very, very practical, applicable uh, role to play in how we how we bring intention into our lives and careers. And I think a lot of us miss that. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, and that was part of the reason why, you know, the, the coaches that I worked with, they're like, this is what we do for a living. We help people get to that clarity. Um, and, and, but then we help you kind of take that clarity and, 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 you know, build, build a business out of that. And, uh, and so, you know, without, without having clarity in your purpose, you're not going to go anywhere. And, and having that clarity is really what has helped drive everything that has come as a result well, and here's a question I have, actually. Sure. So I think a lot of times there's so much pressure put on that, like, what's your why, that we go out seeking the why. But I think oftentimes the why comes in from hindsight. And I'm curious for you, like, I don't know that I, I knew what my purpose was until I was doing it. And I think that like you, a lot of circumstances, challenges, career crossroads led me to the place I was supposed to be and meant to be. And I wouldn't have gotten there if the, excuse my French shit storm hadn't come behind it. Right. And so I think sometimes to identify your purpose, you have to like look back and see what you enjoyed, what you came, what is unique about you. So I'm curious for you how all of those circumstances and, and, and the building of the thick skin really inform what you're doing today. You know, that's a great question. And that's really the starting point for anybody to, to get that clarity is you usually you start with overcoming something, whether that is overcoming a, a job loss, overcoming some sort of traumatic event, you know, overcoming you, you name it. And usually it, it is something very impactful that happens before, you know, you're really, you turn 25. It's that key moment in, in your upbringing that really defines who you are as an individual. And it also kind of defines because you've gone through some, something like this, you know, whatever that is you're overcoming it, it shapes how you want to move forward. And for a lot of people, it's whatever that event was, your mentality is, I want to help people not have to deal with that, you know? And so, you know, for me, you know, is overcoming not only all of the, the lost dreams, 
Um, but it was, you know, a loss of, you know, relationships and a loss of other, other things along the way. Once I kind of figured out, okay, those are some things that are there. Then I kind of looked at what was I taught and kind of my natural tool bag uh, of things that, that I've been taught over the years that, you know, well, this is how you be a leader and here's how you lead a team and here's how you, you know, m replicate those things. I, I mean, I, I was learning those, uh, uh, you know, all the way back in junior high and, but I didn't, didn't know some of those things. Uh, and then I was trying to, you know, look at, you know, well, where, where's my focus going to be? Cause I didn't want my focus to be pulled in too many directions. I needed to, to have, you know, a good focus that would pull me in a direction and, and, and then align all of those things with, you know, what were my own natural advantages? Everything you just listed, you have unique answers and conditioning around because of what we've all gone through. And you hit the nail on the head when you said that about kind of helping people, other people through the same things. When you people like us have empathy for for when you go through these types of situations because we've experienced it. And I think that that adds a really incredible layer of understanding and kind of trust in in the process that can really help outcomes. And, you know, I'm what I want to do and what I hope Kevin is doing in helping you hear all of this is that there is there really is life beyond the layoff. And, and in fact, it's probably a life even more worth living, which is is absolutely incredible. And it would have been very easy to be a victim of the circumstance at any one of the I think there's really four big, 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 big moments with lots of little moments in between. But you could have easily been a victim at any one of those those points. And your life would have taken a very different trajectory had you not looked at it as that sling, slingshot to something better. Absolutely. And, and I knew it's like I don't I don't want to ever have a victim mentality. You know, bad things happen to good people all the time and there's no explanation why. But I could sit and go, oh, woe is me. Look at what I've been dealt or go, OK. Yeah, this sucks. How do I change it? How do I get better from it? How do I move forward? And that was kind of the mentality that I wanted to take. I was like, look, I'm just going to keep moving forward. That's all I know how to do is just head down, feet forward. Let's go. Well, and I so I'm actually going to refer back to a uh, previous episode of No More Mondays that aired recently with Michael O'Brien. And what he does, it, it, what he did is that, that exact same, I could be a victim or I could use this as an opportunity. And this is the, what I'm about to say is a good tool in your tool belt, because I think a lot of kind of Kevin, what you went through was very like, I would say organic and even subconscious of just saying like, okay, I'm not going to be a victim, but I'm just going to go do, I'm just going to go do. Whereas like Michael says in his episode, instead of looking at a situation and saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening for me? And so if you're really struggling out there, maybe you need to kind of turn the tables and get a different perspective and say, how can I use this as an opportunity instead of letting this kind of pull me down? And, and, and whether it was like really at the forefront or not, every single one of these crossroads you faced, you were able to do that. And it's led you to where you're at today. So this is peppered throughout the, the episode, but I want to really tell everybody, like, what are you doing today? You've got your hands in all kinds of different stuff, podcasts. I am all over the place. So, yeah, you know, being able to to have pivoted in the ways that I, I, I have over the years, uh, it has allowed me um, where I've got this podcast. I produce another podcast, um, the Investor Professor podcast for actually one of my former professors. Um, he was like, hey, 
you're the only person I know that podcasts. Let me, you know, would you help me? And, and it kind of turned into some other things. Again, another podcast for an insurance uh, technology firm that I work with um, yeah, that we just launched. Um, I still do consulting. I do a lot of keynotes and workshops all over the country. Um, I'm working on my first book, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's so hard because you just want to be done and it just isn't. It's such a long process. <laughs> it is. Well, and that was part of the reason why I started the podcast. A, a friend of mine, uh, Bruce Waller, who um, is another author and podcaster, I call him the chairman of my personal board of directors. And, and Bruce was like, hey, you should do a blog. I'm like, no. Um, yeah, it's like, I've got some background in audio video. Maybe do a podcast. I mean, so that's kind of where that, that went, but now I'm in the process of writing the book and I'm like, Oh, I still hate writing, but I'm, I'm powering through it. And, and it's not as hard. Um, and as I think I put it in my head mentally beforehand, like, Oh, this is gonna be this daunting task. But I mean, it is, it is a challenge, but it's, it's a good challenge. You know, I, I needed a good challenge. Um, I filmed, um, in 2021, a, a reality docu-series called four days to save the world. So think shark tank meets Ted talks. Uh, and the only reason I got involved in that was because I love both of those things. So you just appealed to my senses. It, it's, it was such a unique experience. And the only reason that I got invited to be a part of it was because someone came across the podcast. Uh, and said, Hey, I think you'd be a good fit. We want to talk to you. And so we went through that whole process and, you know, we filmed this show where we've got entrepreneurs and leaders from around the world working together to solve global social issues with viable business uh, solutions, but you only have four days to do it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, try to pitch your, your idea, um, uh, to see if, um, you'll get funded to, to continue with it. And it was funny along the way. So, um, you know, had I not gotten laid off it, as I was working towards this way, I had um, insurance. So still part of, of um, my life. I didn't ever get away from it uh, in a sense. Um, I had an actual insurance carrier say, Hey, we want, we want you to design a, a job description for yourself to come work for us. See, Oh, where are all my job seekers out there? That's the hidden job market. That's where the magic happens. So I want to know. Uh, so you had mentioned like clarity and purpose. How do you see all all of the different things you have your hands in? Here comes load, loaded, put you on the spot question, Kevin. How is all of this related to and helping you carry out your purpose? And where is that taking you? Yeah. So what I feel like my purpose is, is to develop leaders, teams and cultures. Simple as that. Um, and I do it in that order. You know, I you can't lead unless you can lead yourself and you can't lead an organization unless you can lead a team and teams are the microculture of the organization. So you need to be able to scale those things. And uh, so this company that, you know, this carrier reached out and said, Hey, we want you to design a, a job description. We want you to come work for us because we need someone with that purpose, that skill set of leading, t developing leaders, developing teams and helping us to develop a culture that we can replicate across the organization. So I, I went to work for them for about a year so I was developing, you know, hiring, helping to hire and develop, you know, their sales force uh, and working with their leaders. And it's OK, I'm going to help lead you and, and help you lead yourself. And then I'm going to teach you how to lead a team of people. Uh, and, and here's how you do this successfully. You know, you've got to you know, be very involved, but not, you know, involved at the point where it feels like you're micromanaging. You're just you're helping them by pulling out the unique strengths that each individual has on your team and using those to the best of their abilities. 
and who cares if they have certain weaknesses, they're a weakness for a reason. Find somebody who that's their strength <laughs> because you'll keep them more engaged when they're not banging their heads on the wall. And so we did that for a while. Um, and during that process, that's actually how I met my wife. She came in for a job interview, uh, interviewed with me <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, you know, talked for a while and, um, you know, we, we had known each other, um, cause we had kind of grown up in the same church together, but, but a couple years apart and, uh, you know, get through the interview and she calls me back later and said, Hey, I appreciate your time, but I just don't think this is the role for me. And I said, I, you know, appreciate the time. I said, you know, I really like, and you said, okay, want to have dinner? That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> I make, I make so many correlations between dating and job searching, but this is about the most amazing literal connection I have ever seen. Yep. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> you never know what happens when you hit apply on indeed everyone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did not know that she was interviewing for a much better position. <laughs> yeah. She got a promotion. She got the biggest <laughs> promotion it. of them all. Uh, or maybe I got the promotion. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll give, we'll give her that. We'll give her that credit. And, but. Uh, and so I worked for, for them for a year. Um, and then uh, another agency that um, I had worked with, they were actually a, a client of the insurance carrier that I was working with come to me and said, Hey, we want to, to have you come develop an office for us. Um, and here are these things. And so we did that for, um, for that organization for about a year. Um, and then, then my wife had some, some health issues and I was like, okay, I need to scale back a little bit of what I'm doing and, and, and stay home a little bit more often. So that's why I kind of jumped into the insurance technology space. Um, being that I don't have to travel uh, other than for speaking, um, and working with clients, uh, that I have, uh, else, elsewhere. So, uh, that's kind of where I'm at today. And then, um, I, in fact, I, I just flew home yesterday I was in Austin, uh, the state capital here in Texas, uh, speaking with elected officials, uh, business leaders. I have another side hustle, really more of a passion project um, around economic development in my hometown to try to bring, you know, restaurants and retail and entertainment spaces to, to improve quality of place. And so the, the local chambers, hey, we want you to come with us. We're going to talk about um, our communities and, you know, you are you know, very vital to some of these things and, you know, come help us, you know, promote our communities. You never know where your projects are going to take you. So even if you have a purpose, it just it it evolves and expands. And then you find and very organically ways to carry it out and bigger and bigger opportunities present themselves, which is super, super cool. So how do we actually tune into all of these different things of yours and, and follow your journey? How can everybody out there find you? Yeah, so I'm probably more active on LinkedIn than any other platform. Um, you can go. Woohoo, love LinkedIn, everybody. We're connected, so you can find Kevin there. Go to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, Kevin underscore C underscore Dawson. I connect with just about anybody and everybody. Um, on there because you never know who you're going to meet. He also is like, you are like on it. Because I said, when we first got connected, I sent you a message and was like, hey, I want to have you on the podcast. And your your response was like immediate. So I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. So when yep. I find another LinkedIn junkie, I'm I'm like all over it. I spend way more time on LinkedIn than I do on Facebook. Me too. I scroll through LinkedIn like it's Facebook. Yes. Um, Does that make me a career nerd? I'm not sure, but whatever. I'm a There's way less memes, so I'll take it. I mean, I, memes are, are, are a love language of mine that I, I use often, but, um, but that's usually between my wife or my best friend. Uh, 
<laughs> time and place. Yeah, time, time and, and place. place. Absolutely. I have done a couple of, of business memes from time to time, but LinkedIn is, is usually where I'm at. Um, Leaders and Loggers, L-A-G-E-R-S, is the podcast um, that is my own personal podcast. It, we, we took a little bit of time off um, when I got married. I needed to spend, spend some time uh, with my wife. Um, got an amazing stepdaughter that uh, I got to have join our family. So I wanted, which I had no idea how to deal with girls. I mean, my whole family's all boys. So I needed some time to, to learn <laughs> what I could. Some I still, I still am at, in over my head in some places uh, <laughs> with girls, but it's been so much fun. Uh, so we're, we're finally starting to re-record and also give me time to, to, to write the book during that, that time. Cause it's hard to kind of do both at the same time. Um, but we're, we're back to, to re-recording um, those episodes, um, which they're on all the streaming platforms. We've got a couple uh, of videos um, on YouTube. I've got a couple of um, recorded presentations um, on leadership and organizational culture that I've done um, that I've uploaded to YouTube. I do um, about a, a webinars um, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn live webinars from time to time. And, uh, and then I'm also speaking um, at conferences, um, whether it's an HR conference, uh, an associate leadership association, I've done corporate events. Um, so if you want, want me to come speak your association, your organization, um, I travel all over the place. And so I'm always willing to work or whether it's a workshop. Um, I just launched a brand new uh, workshop called um, For the Love of Those We Lead, um, because love and leadership should go hand in hand. Um, and it, it's not just this idea. And I think American culture in general has um, diluted the word love. Like we use it too much. You know, for example, I love a sunny day. I love tacos. I love my wife. Uh, we've kind of like, they all mean different things. And so we kind of dilute yeah. it. So how, what does love and leadership look like? And so how, so we, we've worked on a, a, a workshop that goes along with, um, bringing love into leadership. That's a cool concept. You need to meet my friend, Jim Young. There's another podcast episode drop. He is a, an author around, uh, specifically to men coaching or coaching in a concept called expansive intimacy, which is kind of like bringing love into all of our, and in, in intimacy into all of our relationships, personal or professional. Um, so I feel like that's a very, very current and really cool topic. And just so everybody knows, we'll take a couple of the highlights of, you know, where Kevin lives, the podcast or LinkedIn and some of the business stuff. It'll all be linked on the show notes at no more Mondays dot info. So you can hop right to him. He's also connected with me on LinkedIn. So easy to find. And as we kind of wrap things up and close things out, I want to just reinforce to everybody that think about Kevin's perspective on life and career, despite or maybe because of all of the crossroads that he has experienced and how has that has really been framed and presented opportunities. So if you're going through a layoff right now and you're really starting to, to or you're fearing a layoff, stop and think about instead of it happening to you, why is it or why could it happen for you? And you could be sitting in an amazing seat doing exactly what you're meant to be doing, just like Kevin is. So. Kevin, thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I, I want to ask you for one more gold nugget before sure, we say goodbye. Absolutely. So I want to get, let's give everybody kind of one final No More Mondays inspiration. Because I mean, it would be super easy to dread Mondays in every single day of the week if you've gone through multiple layoffs and, and, and the different challenges and your career isn't going the way it's, it's uh, expected. So how have you come to embrace Mondays and combat the Sunday scaries? 
you know, having the, um, that purpose, having that clarity and that purpose allows me to wake up each day and, and tackle the day. I don't, I don't live for the weekends anymore. Everybody thinks, Oh, I've got to work Monday through Friday and I'm just going to go do the weekend thing. No, like, you know what? Monday, Sunday through Sunday for me is an opportunity, whether it's, it's professional or personal that I can make an impact somewhere. There you go. And I think if you change, you change your perspective on the fact that you're, you can, you're carrying out your purpose seven days a week. Every day is a different way to carry out your purpose, including Saturdays and Sundays where it might be to recharge or carry out your, your purpose personally. But if you don't look at everything as a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it becomes a way different perspective. And I think clarity and purpose is a great foundation for doing exactly that. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to leave us on a fun note, Kevin. What's the most interesting beer you've tried recently? It's a shameless plug for leaders and loggers. <laughs> the most interesting beer. Um, so I sit on a on a board of trustees for a art museum here. And in December, we have what we call rain beer, which is uh, so I think reindeer, but rain beer um, is our a craft beer festival fundraiser. And our local brewery um, did a mango habanero beer. And I, I love mango. Like that's one of my favorite fruits of all time. I'm like, okay, I'll try this. And I like spicy. I felt like I got kicked in the throat <laughs> by this. It was so definitely most interesting, but maybe not favorite. Not favorite for sure. Like, it was like, well, okay, this is like, I'll just go back to my regular after this one. But like, I, you know, like I do in my podcast, everyone is a different craft beer. I want to try it, even if it's bad. Like I'll tell people all the time, like every episode is not great. Some are great. There have been some really horrible ones, <laughs> but. And not everything is your flavor. Yeah. You might, you might like ales and somebody else might like sours. Who knows? We're in Colorado country. It's Sourland around here. So. Uh, I thought that would be a fun way to 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 leave it. And now you can go hear more about Kevin and his his beer palette on his podcast. So there you go. And remember, go to no more Mondays.info. You can grab all the show notes. We'll link straight to uh, leaders and loggers. I love that you're like, hey, we're we're drinking beer, not cutting trees, by the way. <laughs> and you mentioned loggers. It's kind of perfect. And uh, Kevin, I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing your story and some intimate details of kind of where your life has taken you and how you're using it to carry out your, your purpose and for the benefit of others today. So thank you for joining the No More Mondays movement. Well, thank you, Angie. And I really appreciate it. Like I tell people all the time, you're, when you're your most vulnerable, you're at your most, your strongest. And that's how you're going to make an impact. That is an amazing way to leave us off. Kevin, thank you so much. And as always, we love hearing from people who are successfully navigating career crossroads, even when you're at like plan X, uh, charting a path to success and using those vulnerabilities to the benefit of others. There's uh, some amazing advice and just inspiration here, no matter where you're at in your career, especially if you are feeling a little vulnerable in that career. I hope that Kevin and I were able to give you some hope and inspiration today. So thank you all for listening. If you would head over to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. It's a huge help to people like Kevin and I who are podcasters and want to keep bringing you these conversations. And if you want to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or grab the notes and links from today's episode, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. And I will see you again next week for another edition of the No More Mondays podcast. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com.